If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show, it looks like an American-owned cargo vessel was just hit by a Houthi missile. Uh, that's bad news. Man, oh, man, no word on uh, whether that ship has been sunk or fatalities or anything like that. You see how they're messing with us, America? I mean, our status, our position has fallen dramatically under Joe Biden. And the big moment, the big moment where everybody reevaluated Afghanistan. It's amazing. You can't let him get away with blowing that war, losing it. You know, three days after that war, the media were done talking about it. The mainstream fake news you guys are the worst, absolute worst. You know, they also, they never cover Trump's rallies adequately. I, You know, we, we take them live all the time. We play massive clips. Um, and I encourage everybody to go watch them. You will learn so much. You'll <laughs> The fake news, uh, you'll know more than the fake news if you actually just listen. That's one thing they don't like to do anymore. They're supposed to have all the answers. They run around like they have all the answers. And that is a really silly thing to do. Uh, all right. What else is uh, the other thing we had to talk about? Tulsi Gabbard. Is Donald Trump thinking about Tulsi Gabbard? You know, Roger Stone is one of the favorites here at WABC. That guy was just talking about him. Tulsi Gabbard may be under consideration to be a vice president. Uh, don't know how I feel about that one uh, quite yet, actually. She was a Democrat. Uh, she left the Democrat Party. Mm, what else do I know about her? She's very good looking. She's athletic. She's a war veteran um, from Hawaii. I don't know if she's married. I don't know about children. I'm trying to think about what else I know about her. She's got that streak of uh, she's got she's a brunette, but she's got a streak of like kind of silver hair in the middle. And she says aloha because she's from Hawaii. She's a civil libertarian. There are things about that I like. She's very skeptical of the deep state. She's been falsely accused of being a Russian agent. And uh, let's go ahead and hear from Tulsi Gabbard, if you don't mind. Jordan, this is yet another example of how far President Joe Biden's politicized Department of Justice is willing to go to try to destroy his main political opponent as a presidential election is going on. Uh, th- this foundational purpose of what the Biden administration is doing is is really the thing that should be most concerning to every everyone. All right. Sounds great. But uh, that's not exactly original. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I think she's a good pick. I uh, I don't know. She's got to be vetted. They got to vet her uh, very, very carefully. And hey, United Airlines, you know, one thing we don't want to mess around with when it comes to woke You know, if you want to be woke in the entertainment industry and publishing, uh, even politics, okay, knock yourselves out. I don't like it. I'm going to fight it. But I guess not that much harm can be done. But when you start pushing woke in the cockpit 
of airliners that carry hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Is this a, I thought this was a joke video at first. Apparently this is a real thing. And you're listening to Axios interview a guy named Kirby, who is the CEO of United Airlines. And this guy needs to be terminated immediately. And look at what happens as he tries to play this woke game. He gets, he gets caught. He actually gets shot by his own gun. You ready? All right, go ahead. Kirby from United Airlines. How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviate Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United Airlines. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying that. So I, this is just based off your website, the people you list as executives. But out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to, one of the things we do is for every job when we're doing humana, an interview, humana, we humana, humana, humana. women and people of color to be involved in, in the interview process, bringing people in early in their careers um, as well uh, and giving them those opportunities uh, and creating a stronger band. What? What the hell was that all that gibberish about? All right. He wants half of the pilot class to be uh, people of color or women. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, they're just not a, they're not enough. You can't you can't do that. That's too much too soon. Oh my God, that is dangerous. It is dangerous. And look at what a phony bastard. Excuse me, Scott Kirby, CEO of United Airlines, playing that woke game. Ooh, look at me. Look at how woke I am. Wow, we are committed to diversity in the cockpit. What about diversity? Why don't you start it closer to home in your own little executive suite? What did that guy say? It's 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 all white people and three women. You know, look, I don't care, but you just said you care about this crap. Scott Kirby, from what I hear, he's a bum and very, very bad at running the airline. And he also tells a fake story about why he was not able to fly in the military. It's a very fake story. Tells me that uh, he's not a truth teller. Oh, my God. I, can we hear this one more time? This is the CEO of United Airlines, right? I mean, this is a – this is – I'm appalled. Can I be appalled? I'm appalled. Go ahead. How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviate Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, – of the classes will be women or people of color. Stop! Why? Why, you jerk? Why on earth does that matter? Why? You think they're being, they've been kept out until you showed up? Is that what you think? That your previous, the previous CEO and its institutional racism that keeps women and people of color from flying? Is that what you think? You think so low of America? That's what's brought us? Why? And why? What difference does it make? Why? Man, oh man, oh man. Get me United Airlines on the phone. Keep going. Only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite Stop! at United Airlines. White males. You see how it, how, what a negative connotation it is? White males dominate in the cockpit. White males dominate in the cockpit. Well, not every cockpit. It depends what the, what, what do you, 
Who talks like this? This is like Maoist. This is this is something out of uh, uh, the Khmer Rouge. I mean, this is insane. And this is our country, Axios. But Axios is kind of digging into this a little bit, okay? If you play the woke game, what did Trump say? You go demented. You become demented. Keep going. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying, though, so I, this is just based off your website, the people you list as executives. But out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to – one of the things we do is for every job when we do an interview, we require women and people of color to be involved in, in the interview process, bringing people in early in their careers um, as well. Oh, uh, my God. In those opportunities, this guy is uh, so stupid. Pace. Fire his ass immediately. Who's the board? How do we – how do we – how do we get this going? Is that insane or what? That is shocking. Um, and it's these are brand new. These are brand new comments, and he's getting it from all directions, all directions right now. I mean, deep down, even the woke people, they don't want they don't want to they don't want diversity hires in the cockpit. They want the person who best flies the plane. And you know what? You could actually remove race ethnicity from from all of it. You could remove it from the aptitude test. You can remove it from all of it. It is the least relevant, having been a pilot myself, it is the least relevant factor I can imagine. Man, if we start crashing planes, and you know what? We're we're poised to do it anyway. Everybody's high. I just passed a guy on the street. You know, it's a, it's a laid-back Monday morning. Laid-back Monday morning. It's a, it's a holiday morning. I couldn't help myself. He had a big duber coming out of his mouth. I just said, hey, man, uh... Monday morning, huh? I said, yeah, helps with the stress. This guy was wearing overalls. Remember Oshkosh Bagash? He was wearing overalls. Not he wasn't a, he wasn't a working. He was just like he was he was off stress. He wasn't even wearing a belt. He was the most laid back guy in the world. You need more stress in your life, and we have these people smoking around like crazy. And I'm telling you, societally, we are making fundamental mistakes. We are going down the tubes. Very, very rapidly. That was, I got to tell you, I've heard a lot of stuff. That is pretty shocking. Um, Lloyd Austin, by the way. Hey, does this make sense when it comes to politics? This is Steve Karnacki. I turned it on yesterday and I was like, whoa. It kind of, it just almost made me, um, it, it made me stressed. It made me want to soak, uh, suck on a duber. Get that Steve Karnacki, please. Cut 17. We begin this morning with our new NBC News Des Moines Register, Iowa poll. And I'm joined by national political correspondent Steve Kornacki to break it all down. Steve, here we go. Yeah, Kristen, and let's get right to it. The NBC News poll with the Des Moines Register. Uh, they have been doing this for decades. They have one of the best polls in the business. And what do they find on the eve of these Republican caucuses? There it is. Donald Trump continuing to have an enormous lead over the Republican field. Trump at 48 percent. Nikki Haley now in second place here at 20 percent, passing Ron DeSantis, who's at 16, Vivek Ramaswamy at 8 percent. In terms of any change from our previous poll, which was done last month, you do see Trump down a tick. As we said, Haley moving there into second place, Ramaswamy up a couple points. But put Stop. This... You see how it's all horse race? It's all who's up, who's down. It's nothing about policy. It's nothing about substance. 
It's literally like sports. It's that's all this political coverage is. I mean, does he ever touch on anything substantive? lead in some perspective here. First of all, the 48 percent that he's registering here, that is the highest share for a Republican candidate in a final Des Moines register poll ever. That surpasses the record of 43 percent from George W. Bush on the eve of the 2000. All right, caucus. stop, stop. It's all, OK. Some of that's interesting, but that's all they ever deliver. And it does sound like those guys on on Fox football, you know what I mean? Just like just the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. Um, hey, I have not seen this movie yet, and I'm sorry I haven't seen it. It's called Police State, and it's by Dinesh D'Souza. It came out a couple of months ago, and uh, I didn't realize how much of the January 6th issue is in there, which is essentially, in my opinion, a non-issue. So many people are in jail who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody. And this is uh, this is from police state. I saw it on social media. It's very, you know, you hear about the cop suicides re- resulting from January 6th. Now, that's a big leap. That is a big, big leap. They've never been able to prove anything. It's very strange that they had like five suicides after January 6th. I'd like to know more about that. But you haven't heard too much about January 6th prisoners killing themselves. Well, it's actually happened. People persecuted by overzealous prosecutors out to crush a political movement. Uh, listen to this. Cut 16 from Police State by Dinesh D'Souza. Building, and as he got up there, he was in an open doorway, and he walked in. And how long was he in the Capitol? I believe it was 14 minutes. He never left the velvet ropes. He stayed within the rotunda. He was peaceful? Extremely. He didn't touch anything. And then 14 minutes later, he was out? He was out. Within that week, I saw a Facebook post that said there were people from January 6th whose whose pictures were on the FBI website. So I clicked on the link, and I started scrolling through the photographs, and there's my my nephew's picture. My heart sank. It just sank. What was Matt Verna charged with? Originally, he was charged with the misdemeanors of parading, disorderly conduct, what shouting and he didn't have any altercations with any police officers so i've always assumed it was just the the chanting of the usa i'm assuming he didn't have a criminal record no he never had a parking ticket those who conspired with others to obstruct the vote count also face greater charges the doj slapped the felony charge of obstruction of an official proceeding there's no way he obstructed it because they evacuated the building at 2.15 and there was videotape of Matt still outside at 2.57. So he wasn't even in the building while they were in session. Now, what was the uh, psychological effect of this added felony charge? Suddenly he was this center of attention in a bad way. These nasty, racist, bigoted insurrectionists. A bunch of thugs, insurrectionists. White supremacists, anti-Semites. These bastards. Traitors. His attorney told him the quickest way for this to be over is to plead guilty. So he pled guilty, and his attorney told him that he was looking at 6 to 12 months in a federal prison camp. And he called me and he said, Aunt Jerry, I am going to turn this into a positive. He said, I'm going to use my degree and I'm going to help others get their GEDs. They scheduled his hearing for his sentencing, and his attorney says they're looking to add an enhancement of terrorism. Enhancement of terrorism? That's serious, serious time. That young man actually took his life. That's how dark it looked for him. Never, 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 never an option. But this is out of control. 
and we desperately need Trump to look. Not everybody deserves freedom. Not everybody deserves a pardon. But I would say 99% of them, perhaps, a lot of people in jail. They didn't hurt anybody. They didn't break anything. And they need to be let out. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So uh, this Scott Kirby's career seems to be disintegrating right now. He's trending for all the wrong reasons. Scott Kirby, who runs an airline, says he wants to pick pilots based on skin color and gender. Um, wow. <laughs> I know some woke weirdos out there who don't even want their pilots picked for gender and orientation. Oh, that's another thing he's really into. He's a, He goes to all these drag events. Hey, if you want to go to a drag event, that's great. Uh, knock yourself out. But he's doing it on company time. United Airlines had a great big drag event. I mean, does that go with the airline? Not in the least, not in the slightest. He was also really nasty about the vaccine. And that's another reason to not vote for Biden, that vaccine that he was jamming into everybody's arm. When did this become a police state? When, when it was an experimental vaccine, it was up to us. It should have been up to us. Remember that our patience is wearing thin. Our patience, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. You son of a. All right. Uh, let's see. I want to reset here with, oh yeah, it's Martin Luther King Day, MLK Jr. And he was quite a guy. Cut 11. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. All right, where's the I? We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, do them. All right, that's very beautiful. But where's the stuff about the the dream about his kids? Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So who's old enough to remember the Bicentennial, 1976? I remember that. It was uh, so huge. It was like the 4th of July times 100, a great big national birthday party that seemed to last all year long. You know, we're only two years from the 250th birthday party for America. 250 years since the Declaration of Independence was signed. But even before that, there's another document, a very rare one, that's uh, available to, uh, well, the privileged few, perhaps, who can afford it. It was um, kind of put the American people on notice that if you do business with the British, uh, you better watch out. It's a placard from the Sons of Liberty. We're joined now by... Peter Clarinet, he's the Vice President, Senior Specialist, Americana for Books and Manuscripts over at Christie's, the great auction house. Peter, uh, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, look, everybody knows the Declaration of Independence, the uh, the Constitution. This item, up for grabs at 
at Christie's on Wednesday is not as well known, but it's perhaps even more intriguing. Can you tell us a little bit about it? It is quite intriguing. Um, it's it's really, in my mind, and in many in many historians' minds, it's the place where the American Revolution begins in earnest. We all talk about George Washington and Alexander Hamilton, and all these uh, all these huge figures, but. We also know that the revolution was really started by ordinary people like you and me. And this is a document that really brings that home in a very, very fundamental way. Uh, These were posted in October 1763, about a week before something called the Stamp Act was supposed to take place, was supposed to take effect. Uh, The Stamp Act was a means of the British government to raise revenue in the colonies, uh, partly in front and part of the huge debt they incurred uh, fighting the French and Indian War. Um, the, uh, the, The act itself came in the wake of a commercial depression in many American cities. Uh, that enjoyed a, a, a great deal of largesse that was coming out of the French and Indian War, lots of soldiers coming over, a lot of money being spent. Soldiers could go on privateering voyages. 1763, the French and Indian War ends. Britain is victorious, but now there's no more work. And now Britain is looking to raise more money. Um, because it was not, uh, no one was consulted, uh, we have a very, very, very bad reaction throughout the colonies in August of 1765. The news, the news comes in, in spring of 17, uh, 1765. Uh, you see uh, riots in Boston and Newport in August. But really the most concerted and violent reaction to the Stamp Act came in New York City. And these are the placards, these handwritten placards that read, Pro-Patria, the first man that either distributes or makes use of stamped paper, let him take care of his house, his persons, and effects. And signed, Vox Populi, or Latin, for we, you know, for the voice of the people. And then a little, little uh, P.S., we dare. Um, yes, many, many, uh, many cities did protest uh, the Stamp Act. But no one ever went and crossed that line by publicly threatening the lives of those who would comply with the Stamp Act. Now, can I ask you this about the text, what you just read there? Um, I mean, it's a little bit, is it coded language? Today, it doesn't read as we're going to, we're going to, you're subjected to violence. I mean, let him take care of his house, person and effects. Does that mean like wrap it up because you're about to die if you do this? Yes, it's 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 a not very subtle in eighteenth century prose it's not very subtle. It's pretty it's it's pretty direct. <laughs> it's definitely very direct. And yes, and these placards set off uh, uh, un, uh, an unprecedented degree of violence. Um, the uh, a, a, a day long siege of Fort George on the Battery on November first. Uh, and it ultimately resulted this this these protests ultimately resulted in the Stamp Act being rescinded by London. Uh, but it didn't end anything because Britain uh, and Parliament reserved the right to tax the colonies, something they continue to do uh, throughout the next decade. And really, this begins the road uh, to Lexington and Concord, Ten years, uh, a little less than 10 years after this document appears on the streets of New York. I'm looking at a picture of the document right now. It has that, you know, it looks like old parchment. It's uh, script handwriting. And by the way, you say violence. Um was it the Sons of Liberty, and they put this thing out? Were they going after people who actually did use paper that was stamped? Who was the violence actually between? Well, the the, the, the violence was directed against the royal government. 
Um, fortunately for everybody involved, cooler heads prevailed, and uh, in the end of the day, no one no one was actually hurt in this in this uh, in this particular instance. Uh, but the, the the possibility was there. Um, people were uh, as this crisis went on in New York City, there were people coming in from the countryside uh, who were volunteering to fight, and New York arguably came very very close to an out to an open civil war in October, November of 1765. Wow. You know, people forget New York. There's so much stuff that happened here uh, related to the Revolutionary War and the Revolution. All right, so this piece of paper, how many are there like this in the world that we know of? There are only two. There We have the one here, and the other one is at the British National Archives uh, that was uh, sent to London by the acting governor of New York, Pat Walter Holden, uh, three days after the fact, uh, with a letter uh, saying, essentially saying, this is really bad, and there's, uh, we we need to do something about this. For uh, just to just to par- just to paraphrase his work, uh, the this this really spooked the British. Uh, it uh, Thomas Gage, the commanding general of forces in North America, actually ordered a military survey that resulted in one of the greatest uh, maps ever made of 18th century Manhattan, the Ratzer Plan. Uh, so they were they were actively planning for for more trouble after after the after this after this incident. So this is uh, quite the item, and there are collectors out there. What do you have a guesstimate on how much this thing is worth? And, and well, our <laughs> our presale estimate is four to six million dollars. Mm. Um, we are we we place that there because we honestly there's nothing to compare this with. Uh, there is no other. Do- this document has never appeared on the market. The only other uh, one in the market is in our archives. It's, it, it is unobtainable. Um, so, but we think it's commensurate with many of the very, with in terms of price with many of uh, important objects that have come to market over the past couple of decades. All right. So it's up uh, for sale, up for auction, uh, Christie's on Wednesday night, right? Uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, is lot number ninety eight. Uh, it'll be uh, the session will start at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, the 17th at Christie's. And you can see it here today and tomorrow at our Rockefeller Center galleries. And what about this? I mean, is it going to be is it a traditional auction? I mean, I know him from the movies, you know, I know it from uh, what was that movie? North by Northwest, you know, when the guy starts disrupting the thing. I mean, do people like have little paddles and is there somebody on yeah. the phone sometimes? Is that how it goes down? Exactly. So we will take phones in the room. We'll take them. We will uh, be on the phones and people can even bid on the Internet. All right. Hey, by the way, your title. Uh, let's see here. You're uh, Americana. Americana. Yes. I, I, I like hearing Americana, but what is the difference between American and Americana? Americana refers to like, I don't know, like physical. The physical remains of America. What is Americana? Yeah, it's essentially the things that everyone left behind. It could be a document like this. It can be a poster bed. It can be uh, a piece of American portraiture, whether it be Washington or Jefferson. Uh, it can be folk art by itinerant portrait artists who worked in the uh, in the late 18th century, early 19th century, um, and and everything in between. Um, other things so you can come down here and see. We actually have a pair of Alexander Hamilton's pocket pistols. Uh, we have a spectacular portrait of George Washington by Gilbert Stewart. Uh, all these things uh, will be uh, on display as part of our uh, what we call Americana Week here at Christie's. All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, uh, how did you get into this? 
you personally? Well, as it, as it happens, uh, I grew up uh, not far from uh, Barstown National Historical Park, and I was seven years old during the bicentennial. Uh, so I used to go up to uh, up to up to see Washington's headquarters and go to the soldier huts to see where the Washington's army camped for the winter, and that's really where I caught the bug. Yeah, you know early. what? Me too. I I was about the same age for the bicentennial. We went yeah. we went crazy, and we loved it. I hope I hope that the nation comes together for the 250th anniversary. You know, it's a I know Absolutely. it's kind of divisive time or whatever, but uh, maybe maybe that would be beautiful. Well, Peter Clarinet from Christie's, we thank you so much. What's that lot number again? It is lot number 98. Lot number 98 and a truly interesting piece. And I like what you said there. That This shows you the revolution started with the people, you know, not just those philosopher kings, right? This was nope. This was from the ground up. Peter, thank you very, very much. Good luck with the auction, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Alrighty then. Uh, all the networks are just okay. All Iowa, all day long. Uh, they haven't started voting yet. Um, let's see here. Fears grow that Trump will use the military in dictatorial ways if he returns to the White House. The fear mongering they do um, full time about Trump. It's. I'm just so glad that I am not um, susceptible to falling for it. A lot of people are, though. A lot of people are. Um, the other thing we wanted to point out, I guess he's going to be back in New York because he's going to appear at the E. Jean Carroll, uh, trial, matter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a scam. It's a total scam. And she is a Fruit Loop. Can I be sued for saying that E. Jean Carroll is a total Fruit Loop? I mean, let's just go through her, uh, messages over the years. Let's see here. Uh, E. Jean Carroll on her Twitter. Uh, this is from November 25th, 2015. E. Jean Carroll, who made the completely incredible claim that Trump assaulted her in the dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman, does not know when, does not know how, does not know where, doesn't know the year. I mean, it's how this could ever have been entertained in a court is ludicrous. It's also ho- totally political. Uh, Governor Hochul changed the law so you could bring this kind of case uh, into court. You had to change the law because we have laws to prevent this kind of thing. Um, How do you know your unwanted sexual advance is unwanted until you advance it? That's what E. Jean Carroll says. Okay. Let's see here. Would men have invented chastity belts, veils, and crocs if women weren't just unbelievably hot? Honey, you were born to seduce. Oh, boy. That's, uh, I don't know. This is, uh, this suggests a certain mindset, doesn't it? I don't know what mindset it is other than a little bit crazy. Let's see here. Quit asking me to have porn sex. I pretended to like it, but I didn't. I don't get what the hell that means. E. Jean Carroll wrote in 2014, everything interesting on Twitter is about sex. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> oh, my God. In 2011, she these are his words, her words, not mine. You have not lived until you've sat by your mother watching the anal rape scenes in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I'd say this girl is um, uh, crazy <laughs> and and a little bit too, uh, hey, people like sex, but this is, I mean, this is, seems to be all she thinks about, all she writes about, all she 
This is this dominates everything about her. Let's see what else is going on here. How dare E. Jean Carroll present the future of American womanhood as an anorexic, spoiled brat from a wealthy and very dysfunctional family? Worse, how could she allow herself to make such a negative impact on the fragile life of a child? Instead of ogling her subject's creamy torso in the dressing room, did she do that? She should have been asking why an intelligent, attractive, privileged teenager has only two priorities in her life, tormenting her parents and self-destruction. It's like a letter to the editor, I guess, New York Magazine, who are always writing down whatever crap she was pushing. Uh, e. Jean Carroll. Wait, Vanity Fair. What makes a hideous woman as opposed to a hideous man, or is there no difference? E. Jean Carroll replies, no, I don't think there's a difference. If you're a hideous woman, you're a hideous woman. What I did was wrong. Hideous women are hideous. All right. Uh... In your book, you call yourself a hideous woman. Oh, I was bad, 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 because you flashed a professor. Well, he was the most popular professor. Just very strange stuff. And Donald Trump is, they've already ruled, a court has ruled that he sexually, or that he that he physically attacked her, which is, gosh, you know, we used to have courts to prevent this kind of stuff. Now courts are sanctifying it. Courts are... Uh, uh, fortifying these these outrageous kooks there there has to be a backstop even for people you don't like politically i wouldn't want anybody to be treated like this joe biden uh, kamala harris some person comes from out of the blue without any well she told her girlfriend you know what that's known as a humble brag a humble brag all right uh who's this ridley hello are you there? Hey, my fly boy brother. How the heck are you? What's up? I'm good, man. You took the same oath I did, so that's why I love you. Listen, um, you know, I think Jackie Gleason would have said, uh, to the moon, Kirby. But, uh, you know, I, I digress. Listen, one other thing. Fulberg Colonel, that brings a whole new meaning to that term with this Fannie Willis thing. You know what I'm saying? No. And... Oh, well, sure you do. But anyway, with with the right detergent, everything comes out in the wash. Donald Trump is that detergent. I like that. I like that a lot, Ridley. You're, you're, you're right. It's all coming out. Thank you, Ridley. Um, yeah, not sure about the other comments, but uh, thank you, Ridley. Uh, Jerry is out there. Hello, Jerry. Hey, how are you doing? So everything I'm saying are just allegations at this point, obviously, and some things are jokes sometimes, too. Hey, Greg, you know, you got a, a future for sure because you're a real airline pilot. You could be easily. So you should leave you like maybe Kelly and Snoop Dogg. Maybe that would be a good airline. I'm sure you would do great at it. Uh, that's, yeah, it. Well, you, you preface this with you're going to try some jokes. Make them. F- I, I don't get it, but uh, uh, my commercial flying days are over. Although I do have a commercial license, I have a multi-engine license. I can li- I can fly at night. I can fly at daytime. I got instrument rating. I got all the ratings. I got all the ratings. But I haven't flown in a while, so no, I can't go up there. And uh, when's the? Uh, I wouldn't go up there. You got to have a passion for that stuff. I, I I did have a passion for it. I did all the flying I want to do. And uh, there are more important and interesting things for me to do on the ground than um, than a whole bunch of people between here and Charlotte, North Carolina. Although that is cool. I got a lot of friends doing it. Anyway, Jerry, is there something else? 
Yeah, so on the funny Willis thing, be more serious on this. It's allegations made that she had an affair with her, um, I guess his name, I'm not sure what his name is even. Nate but the, Nathaniel the Wade. Nate Wade. Wade is his name? Okay, so it's just an allegation. We, know, we don't know if it's true or not, but let's see if it is true. I want you to think, if you got a job from someone and you weren't really that qualified and you made like three quarters of a million dollars, 750000 and she was your girlfriend, who set it up? Don't you think that we got to comb through the banking records, credit card records, all kinds of records, looking for maybe a, you know, something more than just a couple trips? Maybe like a, I don't know, a fifty thousand dollar ring or a, I don't know, a thirty thousand dollar watch. Something, you know, at least ten percent is like seventy five thousand of seven fifty. And I'm not saying that they've done anything illegal. I, it's just allegations. Well, it very point. well could so, be illegal when you she spend spending that kind of money. She's supposed to get approval from the county board. It looks like she didn't get that kind of approval. There's no possible justification for hiring this clown who never tried a felony case before. Your hypotheticals are somewhat, uh, I don't know why they make me uncomfortable, but they kind of make me uncomfortable with the girlfriend. I don't know. Uh, thank you, Jerry. And uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, Sal, yes. Hey, Greg. Let's never forget today. Hey, Sal, I'll Dr. be right Barbara. back. I'll be right back. Don't go away, okay? Uh, Barbara, hello. Hi, I have a beautiful quote from Martin Luther King. He says, there's a final reason I think that Jesus says, love your enemies. It is this, that love has within it a redemptive power, and there is a power there that eventually transforms individuals. Just keep being friendly to that person. Just keep loving them, and they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways. In the beginning, they react with guilt feelings, and sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period, but just keep loving them, and by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That is love, you see. It is redemptive, and that is why Jesus says love. There's something about love that builds up and is creative. There is something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. Love your enemies. God made them, too. And uh, it's easy to love your uh, friends and relatives and, and little innocent children, but even the bad people do that, right? Even bad people, even Hitler did that. So, uh, you gotta go beyond. You gotta go beyond. I love it. I love MLK, uh, some of these gems and he's obviously being overlooked now because, uh, you know, he's not woke enough, actually, crazily enough. Barbara, we thank you. And now it's turn, uh, Sandra's turn. Hello. Oh, hi, Greg. You know, it's funny that Barbara just brought that quote up. On my mother's mirror in the bathroom, may she rest in peace, she had a picture of Martin Luther King, and next to it, it said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. So when my mother passed away, I took the picture and I took that quote, and I have it on my dashboard in my car. And I don't wonder, doesn't Trump think along those lines as well, how he handles his enemies? Uh, Yes. I hope so. Sandra, thank you very, very much. To be continued, I'm going to be watching, watching, watching TV tonight.